We've talked all about the ACC expansion, adding Stanford and Cal and SMU. We've looked at it from the fans' perspective, tried to get at it from the players' perspective, but never better than to be able to hear it about it from a coach directly, which we're going to do today from Coach Rob. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, September 15th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joined today by our guy, Coach Rob, as we get ready for the weekend. Carolina hosting Minnesota. Going to be a great game. Hopefully the Tar Heels come out of that 3-0. and We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day to get your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on the show today, as we do every time Coach Rob is on, we're going to have story time later on. Get ready, get buckled up for that. It's always a wild ride. Uh, But first, what we want to do is have a conversation about the ACC expansion that will take place this time next year, basically. And we want to get it directly from a coach's perspective in the basketball realm. I know it's going to affect every sport in various ways, but obviously Coach Rob is very capable of speaking to the basketball side of it. And as a bonus for us today, and Coach will talk about this, we have a little bit of an in with one of those three schools to get a little more insight into it. So Coach, as you think about adding Stanford and Cal and SMU, where does that take you as a coach? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is Cal. Uh, they were the worst Power Five team in the country last year. So <laughs> worst just, in Louisville? Yes. Just come on, we'll bring them. That'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, three and twenty-nine. They won three games, all of them at home. Um, they do have a new coach, obviously Mark Matson. The old Mad Dog's coming, and I think you know he'll do a good job of recruiting and he'll bring energy and, and enthusiasm. But the the thought about having Cal having to you know come to, into the league, I'd be excited about that. Uh, if I'm Carolina, I'd be, uh, yeah, sure. Bring them on. Let's play. Um, SMU is going to be a little bit different. Rob Lanier is a great coach, uh, former, you know, Tennessee guy right here. He was with coach Barnes and, uh, he, they weren't great last year, but he's going to get it done. And, and there's a lot of talent in that Texas and in, in, in general, but especially in, 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 in that Dallas. Dallas area. Um, so I think that could be a good thing for Carolina, even, uh, have a whole new recruiting area there. Uh, so you, you got a kid who, who maybe, hey, you know, I, I want to come to Carolina, but yet knowing I'm going to have a couple home games, uh, you know, bringing the team back to my hometown, I think that could be an advantage uh, for recruiting. So that's exciting for me. Uh, I actually did my internship in Dallas. It's a great town. Uh, I love Dallas. So I think, you know, just maybe open up a new recruiting area there for the, for, uh, for Carolina would be great. Uh, obviously for Stanford, uh, with a former assistant of mine, Jack Frost, who's out there, uh, it's going to be Oh, it's going to be tough uh, to think about the travel um, from, again, from Carolina's perspective, that that time zone thing is going to be different because, you know, how to go, you know, two more time zones, three hours difference. How's that going to affect everybody uh, from the Stanford's point of view, probably a negative time zone, you know, because for them having to do the, the trip, you know, uh, three hours back here and be able to play games and 
how's the schedule going to be done? Is it going to be different for them? Is it going to be travel partners? Are you going to have to come out and play Duke and Carolina in the same week? <laughs> Things, those are the type of questions that, uh, that really have to be answered. And I don't think they're going to know any of that until, uh, until the schedule comes out. That, that's the, the part of it that I think I'm the most curious about, Coach. I'm right with you, is – you know, the, the ACC has not had a travel partner type of scheduling, which uh, to just unpack it a little more for those who aren't aware of what that is. Basically, you pair up two teams and over the course of a weekend, you go to that geographical location, play both of those teams, maybe Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Monday, something of that nature. And you just flip flop. So let's say it's Cal and Stanford, as coach said, coming to um, the Chapel Hill, Durham area. They would, let's say, Cal plays at Carolina, Stanford plays at Duke, and then they flip-flop uh, a couple days later. But, that's, man, that's tough, especially the back end of it and then the travel. So, Coach, I'm right with you. That, that's the part I'm most curious about. Uh, you mentioned that you, as a coach, like the idea of Cal being bad. And for those who aren't aware, I, I joked as you were saying it, in the ACC, obviously, we, we know how bad Louisville was last year. Cal was that much worse. Like these, um, in the I went and did the numbers over the summer in the Ken Palm era. Cal and Louisville last year were some of the two worst teams ever in Power Six conferences in the Ken Palm era. I mean, it was that historically bad. So, Coach, I'm curious why you like that because I know that one of the things a lot of people are thinking about in this day and age are like getting these quad one wins, getting quad two wins. I mean. Cal is basically a guaranteed, especially at home, like a, a quad four game where it, it feels like it can't do anything good for you other than maybe practice, basically. But it's a game that if you lose is devastating. So why, from your point of view, is that uh, something that you look forward to as a coach? At the end of the day, you need wins. At the end of the day, you need to get to that whatever 20 or in, in hopefully a 25 you know, you want to put those those numbers together. So a win, I know you want the, the top tier wins, but that's a win and you're going to need win. It's a conference win. So it's not like anybody's saying, well, oh, your schedule is so soft. It's a conference game. I got to play that game. Hmm. So it's, it's it's not something you can avoid. Um, and you want you want those wins. You want quality wins when the depth is hopefully what we think it's going to be. It also gives you time to maybe get a little deeper and get some some minutes from some guys who who don't normally get it. And so. Team-wise, camaraderie-wise, that helps uh, to be able to put a, a 10 or 12, you know, roster together for a game like that. And uh, if you're going to go road trips in the league and you got to go out and play Stanford and Cal on a weekend, um, that's still going to be tough, tough games to win on the road that far. So um, hopefully those will be, be opportunities for to get not just wins, but get quality wins to get everybody a bunch of time. With that in mind, would it almost change how you do your non-conference scheduling? Like if Cal is almost a bye game, if you can think of it that way, maybe you don't schedule as many bye games in your non-con because it's like if we're if we're getting a few more Q3, Q4 games during our 20 conference games, then maybe we need to schedule a fewer high major opponents in, in the non-conference po portion of the schedule. Is, is that something you would be considering? It, it may be something I would do. I don't think Hubert's going to do it. I think Hubert's going to go out and get the best games he can. He's proven that already. He's not scared to play anybody. He's going to play anybody on any given night, anywhere. Um, you know, I think that's just who he is, and um, I don't think it's going to change his thought at all. I think he's still going to want to play the very best anytime, anywhere. Yeah, and that's that's a staple of Carolina, and I think part of why people love this basketball, inst uh, this institution and this basketball program. 
so much. Um, you know, Coach, you, you talked about the recruiting side of it. Uh, for those who might not be aware, why does simply playing a team in a new geographical area open that up as a recruiting bed? And obviously for Carolina right now, they have a Dallas area guy in Harrison Ingram. And so, you know, as you, as you think about things like that, why is it that simply having an opponent there makes it a recruiting ground? Well, it gives them the opportunity to have a home game yet. They can play at Carolina and be in, in, in part of that tradition, but yet still guaranteed to have home games in their hometown where their families can come in. And that's a big deal. Um, you know, some guys want to play in front of family. They don't want to go far from home. So maybe they want to stay right there in Dallas uh, for this example. But there are guys who say, well, man, I'd love to play at Carolina. That's my dream school. But I still want to play in front of my family and friends. I still want to be able to have all my, my high school guys, my college, my high school coach, you know, all my people back home. They might not be able to travel. Um, you know, again, this is a time of age where a lot of kids or their grandparents are getting older, too. They want to be able to play in front of grandma and grandpa. They can't travel all the way back, you know, to Ch Chapel Hill to see them play. But, man, if I can bring them home and uh, get a chance to play there, that means a lot to a lot of guys just to be able to play some home games. I like it, too, because Dallas is a lot closer for me in southwest Missouri. So I, I chalk it up as a victory, be able to get to a few more games myself. There's certainly more to talk about with ACC expansion. What does it mean for student athletes and academics? What exactly can we expect with scheduling and how that might play out? We're going to talk about all of that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our partners at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, and then you just add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Then you can use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to find the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. Because honestly, hiring the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, we said it off the top, but Carolina hosting Minnesota in football this weekend. To get you ready for it, Locked On College has the Locked On College football kickoff live show coming at you on Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. It's live on every YouTube college locked on page. So make sure you hop on and check it out to get ready and prep for all the college football action going on this weekend. So coach, I want to get back into this ACC expansion conversation just a little bit more here, and then we'll move along to some other things. We know that the players on, on the basketball teams are known as student athletes with student being the first word before that hyphen there. As we think about the, the growing travel demands, and listen, I know these kids have been traveling around playing AAU their whole lives. They've been, you know, traveling national schedules. When you play at a place like Carolina, those are the things you already do. So I know that we're really just talking about the potential of maybe two, three more cross-country trips in a year. But from an academic standpoint, how do you foresee 
this uh, nationalization of the conference affecting things? I think the travel partners is such a big part of that. And um, if you think about it, if you're, you're making five trips over, if you're playing two games, but they don't do travel partners, you may have to take 10. That's a huge effect, obviously financially too, Oof. but academically, how, how do you handle that when you're doing that much travel? Now they have people that travel with them. Obviously, if one thing we learned through COVID is you can learn a lot more with online type stuff. So there's guys now maybe have more online classes than we've ever had before, or maybe they can still connect with a professor through Zoom or, or different things if they need to, to catch up on something. So technology has changed all of that. But, and the academic side has to be, I mean, that's why they're there. I mean, I know it's big time college athletes, but we need to get those degrees. They've got to be able to finish up. And it is different at a Stanford maybe than it would be at some of the <laughs> other schools. Obviously, uh, there's the ACC's got some very good academic schools. Let's let's I mean let's be honest. Um, Stanford's different. Stanford's <laughs> going to be completely different. Yeah. And so, are they going to travel commercial? Or I mean, the team's going to be driving char charters. That affects it all too because the timing of that um, and even the comfort of that. And if you're in a charter, you might be able to spread out a little bit, get your computer out, do some some homework. Um, Commercially, it's going to be completely different in the timing of it. Commercial, you're just on that plane, you're gone, you're landing, you're, everything's quick. It's not going to be quick if they, if they travel commercial. So it, there's some factors there that we obviously we don't know, we can't control, but those are going to affect the, uh, the academic side in a huge, huge way. You mentioned the travel partners again. If you were ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, is that how you think you would approach maybe not the full basketball schedule, but at least helping make life easier? Obviously, there's there's nothing you can do for, for SMU because it's not like you got another Dallas area team in this conversation, but at least for Cal and Stanford, uh, do you see that that's maybe the way forward for them that makes most sense? Yeah, common sense, in my opinion, has to rule here. Um, there's, there's some natural travel partners, um, Boston College, I, I don't know what you do with them. Uh, <laughs> Syracuse, you know, maybe? I, like, Syracuse, yeah. I mean, that's, even that's not really all that close. It looks close on the map, but even just getting – let's be honest, it's hard to get to Syracuse no matter where you are. Um, it's not an easy way to get there. Um, but it, SMU has nothing. They have really nothing, and it's going to be really hard. But I think that makes the most sense. I think it makes financial sense from an academic perspective. Athletically – I don't want to play somebody first and, you know, knowing that if they were going to come to me, I, I want to play them after they play Duke. If I'm Carolina, then you get an extra chance to scout. You know, those guys are going to be tired. Um, it's, it's going to be, a, and then how do you make it fair? Do you flip flop it the next year? Um, you know, there's some real questions on how to make, you know, it equal for everybody. And in reality, it's not going to be equal. And you're just going to have to go play the teams. Uh, you know, when the schedule comes out, you play them when they come to you and, uh, and, and make the best of it. Yeah, and, that, and that's the reality of not being able to play a true round robin when you've got all these teams is uh, th there's just no way to make it fair even before you bring these teams in. Oh, do I long for the days of a true round robin, man. I think that's the best way to really look at what it means to be a regular season conference champion. So I, I pine for that, coach. Um, now, obviously, we're, we've been looking at this from the Carolina perspective, if you could put yourself into the shoes, walk a mile in the moccasins of like Stanford, for example, how, how are they looking at this? How does this change things uh, as you go from a PAC 12, from a West coast conference, a West coast based conference to the ACC? What are, what are maybe just a couple of the factors that you would be thinking through if you're coach Jared Haas? 
uh, the big thing about it is you have to be in a conference. <laughs> you know, you, you, and they had to find something because uh, recruits want to know who, what conference are we playing in? You know, where, where are we going to be traveling? Who, who's going to be our opponents? You know, what's our competition going to be? Um, you have to find, uh, if you don't find a conference, who are you going to play in January and February? You know, the teams that don't have conferences, the independents out there, uh, there's only a few out there that I know of in basketball, and it it's hard to find games, especially in February. You're just not going to – you may end up playing three games in four nights and then have two weeks off. You know, there's no consistency with, with your schedule. So that's a big deal. Um, again, from the t- from Stanford's perspective, that was the biggest deal. They had to be able to get into a conference. Now that you're in a conference and maybe it doesn't make sense, um, you're going to ask, are we chartering? Are we commercial flights? Where's this extra money coming from? You know, it, we all assume that there's just a ton of money at, at the Division One level. Not all schools, you know, are going to put all that into basketball. Uh, football still rules most sure. places, and um, so you know, they're not. There's not a guarantee that's going to be charter flights and all those those situations. Um, practices. So if we're flying and we're going to go play, uh, you know, Duke and Carolina on Thursday and Saturday, you know. If we go out Wednesday, what time do we leave? Are we going to be able to practice to prepare for those games? All those, there's a lot of different dynamics of how you're going to figure out just the logistics of it, staying, food, practice, all that stuff, being on the road for, for long periods of time. Now, Stanford was on the road a lot during COVID. Their, their town shut down, so they ended up having to go down to, I guess, San Jose to be able to practice. They, they were not about that. Yeah. It was, so they're just used to some of that stuff, but – uh, that shouldn't be the norm. Um, so there's a lot of different things to that. From the positive point of view, man, I'm I'm now recruiting to the ACC, so I can sell my guys. You want to play in in Cameron Indoor? You want to you know get a chance to play in those big time arenas and be on ESPN and all those things? Um, you don't want to be on the Pac-12 network where no one can find you ever. Come on. Uh, so that could be a positive too. You get that opportunity to play against the very best every night. And uh, and knowing that you're going to be prime time, it's not going to be broadcast. You know, hopefully, you know, I, it, because of my friends out there, I like to be able to watch them. But they, a lot of times they're coming on at 10 o'clock Eastern. So I may get the chance to watch the first half, but I can't stay up. So now they're going to be more prime time. And, you know, that's when the NBA scouts are watching. And hopefully, you know, they, they'll think that that's something that can help them, uh, you know, down the road. And that's interesting. That brings up something I hadn't thought about when when. ACC like existing ACC teams go out to Cal and Stanford will they be playing scheduling those games in time zones for like an East Coast audience or will they play it like you know if you got to stay up to watch the Dodgers or Padres at 10 o'clock on the East Coast that'll be something else to watch out for with the scheduling as, as we learn more about that well great stuff from coach on expansion but man, it's time to get into our favorite moment of time with Coach Rob every week on the show. And that is story time with Coach Rob. Got another great one coming up for you in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Hey folks, you can get ready for the NFL season week two coming up this weekend with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get 100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, folks, we do it every week when Coach is on here, but for those who might not have heard it before, Coach Rob is working on a book kind of detailing all these great stories from his two decades of working the Carolina basketball camp. Man, some real doozies in there, and uh, hopefully you have heard each of those. If not, make sure you go back and check them out. But Coach, I'm very excited to hear what today's story is. Well, one of my favorite chapters is called I Am So Getting Fired. And we've all had opportunities during camp where something has happened and you feel like, oh, no, I'm going to get fired from this. Uh, one of the hardest things to do is to make even teams. You get to watch the kids play for two hours first night, and then you're trying to make even teams. you got four teams, and you're trying to get size, and somebody can handle it, somebody can shoot it. Um, one year, we had the most even teams I've ever had, and it was the last night. And if everything had gone the way, the way it looked like it was going to be, everybody was going to be three and three, which I – it happened. It was the only time it's ever happened in 20 years of camp. But the last game, there was one kid who just refused to play, just walked, walking up and down, wouldn't pass, wouldn't run, wouldn't do anything. Nobody would pass the ball. And I stopped him. I said, Justin, what's the matter? He goes, I don't like my team. Teams aren't fair. Nobody passes me the ball. All the, you know, all those excuses that kids give you. And I said, well, Justin, you need to play if you're not going to play. I wouldn't pass it to you either if you're not going to run and do anything. He says, well, I want to be on a different team. I said, teams are as even as they've ever been, Justin. Just play. He says, well, I don't want to play. So I, I just subbed him out. I took him out. And it was late. It was towards the end of the session anyway and just sat him down. Session ends. We're getting ready to walk to the bus. And a parent stops me and says, I, I saw you stop uh, the game and took Justin out. And I said, yeah, he just wouldn't play. He said, uh, do you know who Justin is? And I said, well, I, I know his name. His last name is Jordan, but I know he's not Michael's kids because, you know, they were already been in camp and, and uh, you know, they're older, and I, I know it's not his son. He said, no, it's, it's not Michael's son. It, it's, it's Michael's nephew. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I am still getting fired for this. Uh, so the next day comes, and, and camp is, is, is the last day. And uh, Justin is now playing hard because dad is in the gym. And two kids get tangled up on the floor, and as they get up, Justin kind of kicks the kid getting up. And now I've got a real issue because I know who it is. And I know dad's in the gym. So I just kind of ignore it. I just kind of look the other way like nothing happened. Well, I get this tug on my shirt and I turn around and it's, it's Michael's brother. And he says, take him out because he saw it. So I blew the whistle and said, sub, Justin, you're out. He said, what? Turned and saw his dad standing next to me, put his head down, came out. It wasn't five minutes later, another tug on the shirt said, uh, he's ready to go back in. Blew the whistle, sub, Justin's back in. And we didn't have a problem with him the rest of the time. But uh, I was so sure I was going to get fired that night, and uh, nothing happened, uh, thankfully. But uh, it was one of those, like, unbelievable nights that uh, I hope would never have to experience anything like that again. But it was it was crazy. Coach, that is phenomenal. I can only feel <laughs> that trepidation in the pit of your stomach. It's almost like the the moment when you see the cops' lights turn on before they actually pull you over and you're worried, like, is it me or is it somebody else they're coming for? And it's like – exactly. Oh, that's so good. Uh, man, I'm, I'm just glad it wasn't like Jeffrey, like one of Michael's kids himself. That would have been <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah. That's too good. So did, did you ever hear anything else about that from any, from any of the coaches or anything? No, we, we, we joked about it for a while. I, apparently, Justin went on and played Division One. He played for West Miller at UNC Greensboro oh, and uh, had a great career and, uh, and went on. I think he's actually a scout for um, – the Hornets now, if I'm not mistaken, working with Jackson Simmons and and uh, with the guys over there. So um, 
it's a pretty interesting chapter. We've all had something happen during camp. I actually had Coach Williams walked in and are my guys during team play, and uh, they had forgotten how to sub correctly, and we had six guys on the floor, half court, five, you know, six on six. And Coach Williams walks over and goes, Billy, when do we start playing six on six? And I was just so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, we're going to get fired. I, I can't even run team play. So that's how that chapter goes. There's some crazy stuff that happens, but, uh, you know, none of my guys have gotten fired for any of it. But we all want it. We want to do things perfectly. Obviously, at camp, you want everything to go well, and, and uh, it, it often doesn't. So uh, we just that. do the best we can, but it's a lot of fun. I hear that. I just looked up while you were talking, I looked up Justin Jordan's uh, page on sports reference. He played two years at Milwaukee and then two years at UNCG, as you were saying. Uh, so his career went from 14, 15 season through the 17, 18 season. Pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing uh, how the kids all grow up, man. Crazy <laughs> stuff. Well, coach, thank you as always for sharing that great story with us. Cannot wait to see which one we're going to unearth next weekend. Folks, it's Friday. Let me give you a little quick whip around of some Carolina action that's going on this weekend. You might recall, we joked last week on the show that there was nothing other than the football game taking place in Chapel Hill. Well, this weekend's making up for it because everyone is at home. Women's soccer hosts Virginia Tech on Friday. That's at 3.30. Uh, men's soccer later that night against Notre Dame at 7. Field hockey takes on Louisville at home. That's going on at the same time as the women's soccer match, so you got to pick one. Uh, that's going on 3 o'clock Friday. Volleyball hosts Santa Clara Friday at 6 p.m. and then Coastal Carolina Sunday at noon. So all of that is home action, obviously, along with the football game on Saturday. So make it a weekend in Carolina. And then some of the spring sports actually are playing this weekend as well. Men's tennis is in Columbia, South Carolina all weekend. Women's tennis, that absolute juggernaut, is at the Kitty Harrison Invitational, which is actually at home in Chapel Hill. Men's golf is at the Olympia Fields Fighting Illini Invitational all weekend. And then women's golf is at the Mary Fossum Invitational, which starts Sunday in East Lansing, Michigan. Folks, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Tar Heels, not only today, but all week long. Big thanks, as always, to Coach Rob for all his insights and thoughts, and uh, particularly today on a coach's perspective on ACC expansion. Make sure you give the show a follow on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow Coach Rob at Coach Rob Buffs, and you can follow me at Isaac Shade. If you want to have more in-depth conversation, email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. Smash the like button for those who are listening, and we'd love to hear your comments on the show. It's always a great day to be a weekend. Hope a great day to be a Tar Heel. It's a great day to be a weekend too. That's true. But it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. I hope you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. But until then, peace. <laughs>